0: to see you today and i want to welcome those who are worshiping with us online as well now i got to tell you i'm impressed that you came today because it's been raining out there was it tough when you came in was it kind of wet yeah i want you to look at the person next to you and say i am so impressed that you came that's right i'm impressed i'm impressed that i came today And a lot of people will watch us online. Listen, we're glad to have you either way. We're just glad that you can be a part of worship with us here at Woodlawn. Now, how many of you are completely finished with all your Christmas shopping? You've got it all done. Raise your hands, okay? Okay, how many of you are going to rush right out of here after this service and go shop some more? We'll pray for you, okay? How many of you are going to re-gift this year? Come on, be honest. Don't you just love that? That's excellent stewardship. What's wrong with y'all? You need to celebrate re-gifting. That's a wonderful thing. I'm curious, how many of you have something in your life right now that you wish was different? It's okay. Maybe you wish we didn't have COVID. Hey, how about that? Yeah, I wish we didn't have that, right? I know that for a lot of people, this can be the best time of the year. But for some people, this can be a very difficult time of year. Some of you may have health issues, or maybe you have a loved one with health issues. My wife reminded me today that it was a year ago today that they told her at Sacred Heart Hospital that I might live and I might die. They didn't know which way it was going to go. The day before it had been our anniversary, two of my friends had to take her down to the cafeteria at Sacred Heart to feed her dinner because I was so out of it. I promised her this year we wouldn't go to Sacred Heart, to the cafeteria, for our 40th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah. Pray for that poor woman. Can you believe she's been married to me for 40 years? She was 12 when we got married, and and it's worked out pretty well. Who knew? Everybody said it wouldn't work, but it did. Well, you know, Laura, we couldn't go out to eat because she's down in her back. She pulled muscles in her lower back, and so we just stayed at home and celebrated together. But I did, I did go get some jewelry. Okay, I, I know what I'm doing. Hey, th- this is not my first rodeo, so I got her some rubies. In fact, the ruby is the re- is the is the stone for the 40th anniversary. Did you know that? The guys are going, huh? <laughs> I didn't know it either, but it is. And so we got her four of those to go around her diamond so that we could celebrate 40 years, one for every 10 years. Isn't that cool? And I got her flowers and I got her a card and she fixed us some soup and it was great. And we just sat home together and celebrated. Well, this time of the year can be a chaotic time of the year. It's supposed to be a time of peace, but if you've got to get ready for everything, it's hard to do that, isn't it? You've been shopping, wrapping presents, decorating, preparing food, trying to make everything just so, and it's chaotic, and it's full of anxiety. And a lot of people are stressed out, and then you're spending more money this time of the year, right? And you're thinking, oh man, the kids are unwrapping the presents on Christmas, and you're thinking, all you can think is we got to pay for that. And it's coming up in January, and there's tension and anxiety. It's supposed to be a merry Christmas, but is it a peaceful Christmas? In Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the scripture tells us this for unto us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father Prince of Peace now just think that every promise God has ever made is fulfilled in Jesus God gives us grace through Jesus the Lord of grace And it's the peace that only he can offer because he's the Prince of Peace. You see, Christianity isn't that complicated. It's really just all about Jesus. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And I hope that at least during this hour, if it's a stressful time for you, you can relax and have some peace this morning. But I wonder, where is the Prince of Peace in other times of the year? In the everyday, normal, day in and day out times, When struggles are going on in the gospel of Luke, the second chapter, the angel is speaking and he's talking about the Lord to the shepherds in the field. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And when he appeared, the angel said, Peace on earth. But I wonder just how peaceful it really was that first year. I'm not envisioning a very peaceful thing. You see, there was a young teenage girl named Mary, and she was pregnant by God. And That's hard to explain. And you know, that's not all that peaceful. Nine months pregnant, and they've got to travel. They've got to travel across the country by donkey, and that's anything but peaceful. They come into town. They're looking for a room. Mary says, you got to find me a place quick because I'm about to have this baby. And Joseph finds out that there are no places to stay. Finally, an innkeeper says, we don't have any more rooms, but, but y'all can go stay in the barn. Yeah, the Prince of Peace is going to come onto this world in the barn. King Herod is threatened because he's heard word, rumors and prophecies about this young king who's going to maybe try to overthrow him. So to show you how evil he was, he said, let's make sure we kill that little baby. In fact, Let's make sure we kill all the babies, the male babies, two years old or younger, all that are in this country. And that's what they did. And while Jesus is coming to life, all these children are being murdered. The fast forward to today, and we see that we don't have that peace. We're stressed out all the time with anxiety and tension. You see Christian marriages, and you think, well, okay. He knows Jesus. She knows Jesus. Surely everything's fine there. They should have a peaceful marriage. And yet statistics tell us that just as many Christian people divorce today as non-Christian people do. And yet what we see is financially people are struggling as well. And they're wondering how they're going to meet their bills. And it's a time of relational tension. You see it everywhere you go. People don't understand each other. They look at things differently. They're at odds, and they don't even want to get along. Turn on the news, and you see car bombings and school shootings and countries at war, and you say, where is the Prince of Peace now? Ultimately, it defines, it determines on how you define peace. I've always thought that peace would remove anxiety and calm calm me when I was disturbed. But when we study Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we find a lot more than that. So who is Jesus? Among the many names of him, the Prince of Peace in Hebrew, is the word Tsar shalom, Tsar shalom. Now Tsar means the one who's in charge. It means the captain or the Lord or the general. The Romans used the word zar. czar, or they would say Caesar, or later it became Caesar, like Julius Caesar. Jesus is the Lord, the Tsar Shalom. And what does that mean? Shalom means it's actually a greeting from one person to another, and it means rest, tranquility. It means wholeness or completeness. Jesus is the Tsar Shalom. And as long as we're under Christ, we can have his peace. But does that mean we can do anything we want and still have that peace? No. Does that mean that we can have an argument with each other on the way to church in front of our children and embarrass them and then come in and have peace in church? No, it doesn't. And some of you are saying, why are you looking at me right now? Why? Because we're outside of the will of the Tsar Shalom. Can a person just go and charge up their credit cards to the max and then expect everything to be peaceful during Christmas? No. Why? Because we're outside of the will of the Tsar Shalom. It's only when we're under the lordship of the czar that we experience his peace. And when your private world is falling apart, Jesus can give you inward peace, a peace that passes all understanding. He can also take that same peace away. Why would he take the peace away? Well, maybe it's because he wants to draw you closer to him. If you have to depend on him more, that allows you then to be drawn closer to him and to receive his peace jesus is the czar shalom so what does that mean well a couple of thoughts first jesus is the czar shalom the peace who comforts you do y'all know who zig ziglar is the motivational speaker zig ziglar said the longest 24 hours of my life were after my daughter's death he said we had to go in and make funeral arrangements and i was there with her husband and his parents and we were listening to a salesman who was an incessant talker, and he must have told us 30 times he was not a salesman. Twice, while trying to make decisions about the casket and the burial, I had to leave the room. I simply could not handle him. The night before I had hallucinated, I was half awake and half asleep. I kept thinking about my daughter and wondering if she was wondering, when is my daddy going to come and get me? The next morning, I took a walk, and I prayed, and I cried the whole way. And when I returned, the Lord spoke to me in a very distinct way. She's fine, he said. She's with me. And you're going to be fine, too. I'm all you need. So just keep walking and talking and praying and crying. Some of you right now have things in your life that are not going well. And there's no inward spiritual peace. Understand that the Tsar Shalom, Jesus, wants to bring you his comfort. The word says in John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's Jesus speaking. Whose peace does he give you? Not our peace, he gives us his peace. And that peace is the peace we need. Some of you might say, well, why don't I have that peace right now? Because you're maybe trying to do everything yourself. Because you're trying to fix it. You're trying to solve it. You're trying to make it happen. What do we do then? Scripture is very clear. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do we do when we don't have that peace? We simply step under the Lordship of Christ, and then we take our request to Him. Lord, I can't do this. I can't make it happen on my own. You're in charge, and you're the only one who can give me peace. John Mark Hick's son, Joshua, was born with the very rare San syndrome A, a genetic disorder that causes slowness and genetic slowness in mind and in physical degeneration. In his book, Yet I Will Trust Him, Hicks tells the following story about his son's experience on the school bus. He said from the first time that Joshua saw a school bus, he got really excited and he wanted to ride whenever the bus came into view he would shout i want to ride he had seen his older sister get on the bus and ride to school he couldn't wait for his turn he said every morning i would take him out to the bus stop at a place near my office and when he saw the bus he would jump up and down and scream with joy he said but one day for some reason he didn't want to get on the bus i took him by the hand and i led him up the steps of the bus But he was whining and hesitant and reluctant. I thought maybe he was just having a bad day, but I learned why as the bus drove away he was so hesitant. I heard some words that tore my heart open. It was like somebody stuck a knife in my gut and twisted it. His schoolmates were ridiculing him, the older children were calling him names. They ridiculed him because he had to wear diapers. As the bus drove off, I could hear their mockery, and I could see my son stumble down the aisle to find a seat on the bus. Anger grew inside of me all morning. I wanted to take some of those older kids aside and heap some abuse on them and let them know how it feels. Let them know what it feels like to be hurt and ridiculed and mocked. Maybe I should talk to the bus driver or the principal or the teacher or the parents. My helplessness increased my frustration. Finally, I took my anger and hurt to God. I went to my office and I poured my heart out to God. I held nothing back and I complained bitterly. And then I complained some more. Why was my son born with this condition? Why are others permitted to inflict pain on this innocent child? Why hadn't God answered our prayers for a healthy child? Why couldn't Joshua ever fulfill the dreams we had for him and honor the name we gave him as a leader among God's people? Why hadn't the sovereign God of the universe blessed him with health? In the midst of my complaining, God spoke to me. This thought came to my mind and God said, I understand. They treated my son that way, too. And in that moment, he said, God provided comfort that I can't explain, but one that I still experience in my heart. Now, only now do I have a sense of the pain that father can go through when a son is ridiculed. Only now can I begin to appreciate the pain of my heavenly father as he watched his son ridicule. Sometimes you might not know how good God is until you know how hard life can be. Some of you right now, that may be where you are at this moment. Let me tell you, I believe in the Tsar Shalom, Jesus. He's the one who has peace that comforts you. And then second, the Tsar Shalom is the peace who saves you. Do you remember what happened in the summer of 2017 right here on Panama City Beach? There were two brothers who had gone out into the Gulf and the riptide had gotten them and carried them out further. Their mother in a panic went into the water to try to save them and she too was taken out with the rip current. Now there were people gathering on the beach trying to figure out how they might help this couple wondering what they might do. After a short time, there was a guy, Derek Simmons, in the water. He said, I'd like to go out, but if I go any further, I won't be able to get back either. What can we do? And then his wife, Jessica, had this great idea. There, by this time, there was a big crowd of people, about 80 people. And so Jessica said, let's form a human chain and interlock our arms. And then one by one, we'll wade out to where they are and we'll bring them back in to safety. And that's exactly what they did. And Jessica told a reporter the most remarkable thing, she said, were these people, they didn't even know each other, but they trusted each other, and they saved the lives of those who would certainly drown. And much more remarkable than the salvation of this family from the Gulf, Jesus is the peace who brings salvation. Look at what the scripture says in Romans, the fifth chapter. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't say that we've been justified by our good works or by our religious efforts, but it says by our faith. We have peace with God through Jesus, not because of something we do, but because of something he did. Some of you would say, I I want that peace. I don't have that peace. I need that peace today. How can I have that? Well, maybe right now you're trying to, to do it on your own, and strategically you're trying to remove what's in your life to gain that peace that only he can offer. Sometimes he removes our peace, as I've said, to draw us closer. How many of you have ever told a lie? Okay, all of you need to raise your hands now because you just told one, okay? How many of you have ever stolen anything? Do you want to talk about that? Well, let's move on. If God were to judge us today by the Ten Commandments based on these questions that he asked, would we be innocent or guilty? Well, of course we would be guilty. You see, there's an absence of peace there for us, the real spiritual peace that only God can give. But the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus Now, Jesus was born of a virgin, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he was born, sin was not in him. In fact, he was perfect. All of us are born innocent but fallen because we're born separated from God, but not Jesus. And he is the perfect sacrifice who can save us from our sins. It's not our peace that we get, but it's his peace that he offers. And some of you wonder why you don't have that peace. Well, you can't get there by yourself we have to get to the place where we said i believe jesus is enough and really trust him the scripture says in ephesians the second chapter but now in christ jesus you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of christ for he himself is our peace outside of him there is no peace inside of him there's a peace that passes all understanding. Timothy Keller is a famous author, and he talks about Christmas, and he talks about receiving gifts. And he says, sometimes it's difficult to receive the gifts that we are given. Some gifts, he said, by their very nature, cause us to have to swallow our pride. For example, let's say a friend gives you a book, and when you open it up on Christmas morning, It's a book on dieting. Aren't you excited to get that? And another friend gives you a book and you open it up on Christmas morning and the title of it is Overcoming Selfishness. Hmm. Let's see, I'm overweight and I'm obnoxious. Merry Christmas. I feel good, don't you? In other words, some gifts are hard to receive because we have to admit that we have flaws. We have weaknesses that we need help. Perhaps on some occasion you've had a friend who's in financial trouble and you've been able to help that person financially. Before they could receive your help, they had to swallow their pride. But there's never been a gift that's been offered that makes you swallow your pride to the depths of the gift that Jesus Christ does. He requires of all of us. Christmas means that we are so lost, unable to save ourselves, that nothing but the death of the Son of God could save us. It means that we're not somebody who can pull it together and live good moral lives on our own. It's up to Jesus, the Tsar alone, because he is the one who saves us. Let us pray. Father, we're just so grateful for your grace. Lord, we try to do the things we're supposed to do, but we can't not on our own. We need your power. We need the power of your spirit. We need you alive and willing to work in our lives, and you are, if we'll just call on you. Lord, I pray that that no one would leave here today without the peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of all that's going on this Christmas season. I pray, Lord, that we might turn to you, that we might seek your face that we might experience your peace and presence, that we might know you and that we might experience the gifts that are even better than the material gifts we'll receive, the gifts of love and friendship and relationship and grace and giving. Lord, I pray that we'll receive them not only for ourselves, but I pray that we will receive them for others, that when other people look at us, they might see Jesus in us that we might be an example of your son, that we might be the one who smiles, the one who shakes a hand, the one who gives an encouraging pat on the back, the one who reaches out to that one in need today in such a powerful way that they experience you and your presence, not because of us, but simply because we can become instruments of your will to just love people into the kingdom by your power. Lord, I pray that we might be those people, not just now, but always. And we thank you for giving us a front row seat to what you work. And we celebrate what you do and give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.